was gonna, yeah. You're gonna what? It's it's just like um. Every time someone new comes in, it says this meeting is being recorded. Yeah. Yeah. I see. All right. So wait, when was the first? When was your first blog post? So I believe it was like a week ago. Okay, so you were already at home while doing it. Yeah, I I created the act like the website, you know, um, in in Hyde Park after I was done with classes. Yeah. But I didn't write in it yet, and I wrote in it like sometime last week. Um, yeah, sometime last week. It's very interesting, though. Like when you write, like over the past summer, I would get these sudden cravings late at night. Yeah, as late as 3 a.m., I would get unshakable urges to that would not let me slumber. The urge to write down and share my thoughts with the world was so great. And I'm just curious. It's it's so interesting because I feel like many of us have thoughts that like just kind of flood our heads at random hours of the day, and then it's just right. Like, I don't know. And then most of the time, we don't write them down or we don't record yeah, them. Right. Right, right, right. What um, do you What do you think about you know, normally, or is it just all over the place? It's all over the place. Like as you can tell, like in my three blog posts, one is like an introduction to why I wanted to start a blog. Second is like、um, about you know my internal struggles of struggling with、uh, confidence and. Um, struggling with believing that I am a talented individual at something. Yeah.、Um, and then the third is like a, it's like a write-up about like a song recommendation of an artist、yeah. that like, right? And right. that's Korean. So it's all over the place. But I think all、um, some main topics that I think about a lot are like. About love,、um, about Christianity,、mm-hmm. and also about society. Yeah, I think those three,、um, those three are like the main axioms that like all the rest of the ideas are kind of related to. I have. I want to pull from your first blog post when you say something. <laughs> Some days、yeah. I crave to write about the current state of Asian socialism and how it differs from Western socialism,、mm-hmm. especially in its apparent disinterest in spreading socialist ideas or ideals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.、Um, how do you define Asian, and then how do you define Western?、Mm-hmm. Yeah.、Um, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, and I and I know that you were saying like, oh, disclaimer, I'm not an expert, but、um, yeah, I'm curious at least maybe at the、uh, from your standpoint, you know, what what you、mm-hmm. think those things, and because I'm I'm curious as well, you know, I've 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 gained an increasing interest in like Asia, China, whatever, ever since、mm-hmm. college, maybe even before then. Yeah. Um. So perhaps I should have phrased it better. Maybe I should have done it. East versus West, 
East and West rather than Asian versus Western. Yeah. But um, I define Asian and I'm usually looking at East Asia. Right. That's where during, you know, um, 70s and the 80s, so post World War II, that's where um, the Soviet Union tried to spread its uh, socialist ideals to other nations the most. So countries like China, um, North Korea, Vietnam, which is one can say Southeast Asia. Mm -hmm. Those are the countries I'm most familiar with in terms of um, their current form of government and the history of how their communist government um, became to be, came to be. Mm. Yeah. I see. And then Western, it really means the Soviet Union because like, they were the only huge communist force post World War II. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So that's kind of, that's those are kind of the, the key players in East versus West, Western socialism, like from my point of view. I see. Yeah. So then what, what's the, what are the differences that you see? Well, so because the Soviet Union and the United States were the top two most powerful countries um, during the Cold War, mm-hmm. they tried their best to spread their influence. So you see um, them trying to, trying to spread their influences in um, South America, right? A lot of nations in South America were impacted by the Cold War. Um, obviously, East Asia, just like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and obvious, and you know, Europe as well. Um, a, a really um, kind of obvious example in Europe is like East versus West Germany, right? The country was split in half. Mm-hmm. So that's that's that that's what marked, I think, um, uh, basically, um, Eastern. I mean, Western socialism at that at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I'm not sure you can say there is Western socialism because the Soviet Union and Russia while some people still say that it is a communist country I would say it's it's hard to say that it's like its form of economy and government are marked as a socialist country if anything it's more authoritarian yeah and eastern socialism right now it's it would it's it would be also hard to say you know that um, the most important country the most important communist country 
in Asia, which is China, it would be hard to say that that is also a purely socialist country. Right, right. Like their economy is quite capitalistic. Now. Yeah, it's like it's like capitalism mostly with a bit of authoritarianism sprinkled in. Right. Exactly. Um, Vietnam is still communist, mm-hmm. but you never hear stories of them. You know, trying to expand its borders or trying to influence um, Cambodia or Laos. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so one, I think it's important to understand that communist countries or countries that are labeled as communist present day they have they're kind of pseudo pseudo communist. Okay. Yeah, pseudo-socialist countries now. And second, um, it's... Um, wait, I forgot my second point, sorry. <laughs> but, but also, they don't... They don't um, you don't really hear about them trying to exert their influence on other nations. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, I see. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like... Yeah, it feels like it was U.S. versus USSR. Mm-hmm. Now it just feels like everyone's a bit capitalist, and it's more like yeah. it's more like U.S. versus China and U.S. versus Russia. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I would say U.S. versus China, because Russia just doesn't have the economic impact that those that the yeah. U.S. And China have. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you were asking me to talk about this, um, when you said you were interested in having a conversation about this, mm-hmm. something that came up to me was the irony of the Cold War, right? So it was, it was the U.S. trying to spread its capitalistic influence. Uh-huh. The Soviet Union trying to spread socialism and communism. Yet, the U.S. is, you know, it's it's not so it's not we're not on the verge of collapse, but it's very obvious that our economy, you know, and its infrastructure is flawed. Like a lot of people would say we need to adopt more socialistic mm. principles in our in our infrastructure such as universal health care mm-hmm. or, or cheaper education mm-hmm. um, so it's so interesting that these two superpowers were trying to spread um, a form of government but neither of them really were and the countries that are doing the best right now, you know, in terms of, you know, how happy or how, or how equitable the economy is, it's usually countries that have adopted capitalistic and socialist ideals yeah. in, in, in their infrastructure. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought it was a little, a little yeah, ironic. And I think that that seems to be the, 
the narrative that our country is in the middle of right now. Like, mm. like you know, you have people like AOC and Bernie Sanders, where it's like, yeah, democracy yeah. is good, but we just need a little bit of socialism, just a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. And yeah. then the right wing people, are like, oh my gosh, did you hear AOC and Bernie talk about blah blah blah? Like, this is so yeah. our constitutional ideas. We cannot, we cannot. They're they're gonna tear this country down. Yeah, yeah. And that's where all the tension is right now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I remember from AP US history in high school, that really, something that really stood out to me was McCarthyism. Mm, what was it called? Like the, some, the, it, I can't, I, it was like, uh, they just hunted down anyone that remotely had anything yeah. to do with communism, right? Right. I think McCarthy was a United States congressman uh-huh. or some kind of politician. Yeah. And, and they, and what he was infamous for was for just like accusing anyone that um, did not agree with him on, you know, a policy um, or a stance. He would just accuse them of being communists Mm -hmm. and you know the red scare right that's what it was yeah right right and that's how crazy people can get you know um in terms of you know when people don't agree with your political stance um, you just accused them of being an enemy of the country, right? Yeah. And that's kind of, and that that's kind of the um, the kind of attitude that these people adopt when they are, are accusing Bernie Sanders and like someone like AOC of ruining America mm-hmm. with their socialist ideals. Yeah. So, uh, it's a little dangerous, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it seems like. Yeah, it's I don't know. Like when when you said Asian socialism versus Western socialism, that that's how I took it. Like I feel like in the West, we're all about democracy, but our future yeah. is probably infusing a bit of socialism into it. And then for the East, it's like they start out socialist, but to grow economically, they've had to infuse a bit of capitalism into their own systems. I don't know, at least for China. I don't, I don't know as much about Korea and Japan. I mean, North Korea is just... Okay, yeah, that's... It's, <laughs> you don't know what to label them. They're just a... They're a very unique country. Yeah. What about South Korea? You've, you, you've lived there, right? So you would know. Yeah, um, South Korea, I mean, you know, it was kind of like East Germany and West Germany where the U.S. took control of South Korea and the USSR took control of North Korea. And um, South Korea adopted, obviously, you know, democratic ideals and we had presidents. So that was starting from, you know, like the 50s. Um, But in the 70s, 
I believe. Um, in the 80s, we had dictators. Um, there was even like a coup d'etat. In South Korea? In South Korea, I huh. believe in the 70s. And so we were kind of moving on from dictator to, to, to dictator in like those two decades. Um, and like, you know, it was very authoritarian. Like, I remember when someone would get a stomachache, right? Mm -hmm. um, he or she would be scared to tell others because the government believed that if you had a stomachache, that is a symptom for being a liar. Oh my gosh. So then they would take you in and question you. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that it, like South Korea also had its pretty um, a black history on um, with with its authoritarianism but now it's it's very capitalistic so would you say it's gotten better how yeah, yeah, yeah. changed it mm -hmm. yeah um, it got it has gotten a lot better um, there was a huge democratic movement in the 80s um, led by um, kind of the younger generation um, and I believe it was like 1987 when um, the people when there was kind of an unprecedented amount of protests that prompted elections mm. and then that kind of um, paved the way for a more democratic system of government but I mean South Korea still has has its socialist ideals that you know you know like welfare um, there's universal health care you know um, education is not as expensive as in the US especially at the collegiate level uh -huh. so um, but those would all be advantages of socialism right like the good parts right yeah. Right. Yeah. The good parts. We we would say it's the good parts, but to some people, they would not be so. Um, Why? Because because what makes universal healthcare and cheaper education bad? More taxes and okay, <laughs> yeah, and more power to the government to control um, the finances of their citizens. Hmm. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. You know, one thing that I noticed um, was the roads in Florida are terrible. The roads? The roads are bad. How bad, like potholes and cracks? No, it's not that, it's not as bad um, as having like huge potholes, but you know, there's a lot of cracked roads and it, it's, it, they're roads that you know for sure that they haven't been improved for years. Mm -hmm. Even though, you know, there might be a good amount of rain in Florida, obviously. But, you know, there's no 
snow. Like you don't salt the roads. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that it's because no one pays taxes. There's no state income tax. Mm. So then all the tax that the state government collects is from sales, I believe. The majority of the tax it collects. I see. So then, so then it, it, it obviously doesn't have money to pave the roads every one or two years. Yeah. So that's why a little bit of a little bit of socialism is probably healthy. Right? Yeah. The argument is like to what extent? Right, right. Right. Hard to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was wondering where you're going with that. Like, why, why is he talking about roads in Florida? <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you first, when I first mention it, like, it can be kind of confusing. Yeah. One may wonder, like, why is he talking about this? Mm-hmm. You know? And then you, and then you're like talking about taxes, and then you realize everything's connected. <sighs> yeah. I think the older you get, the more you understand about the role of taxes, why they're collected, why some places collect it more than others, mm-hmm. and why old people want to avoid taxes. Why old people want to avoid taxes? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Because taxes, so the taxes, ta- the taxes that our parents paid for 20, 30 years ago. So part of that um, was to fund the social security benefits of our grandparents. And, you know, 20 years from now, or maybe, you know, less, even less than that, when we pay taxes, when we pay our social security tax, our Medicaid tax, part of that's going to our parents' social security benefits after they turn. Um, they're eligible to be labeled as senior citizens. Mm-hmm. So then, if you are a senior citizen, you don't want to pay taxes. Right, because... Because that's what you're benefiting off, like. Yeah. So, you know, it makes sense for the older generations to move to somewhere like Florida or Texas, where there's no state income tax. And the weather's nice. (laughs) I see. I never knew, I never thought about that. I always wondered why people called Florida God's waiting room, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, weather has to do a lot with it, but I saw the first ever, I saw a Rolex store for the first time in my life, a brick and mortar store. Did you go inside? 
No, I didn't go outside. But I saw it um, on my bike ride to the beach. Uh. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, no. How long, how long was your bike ride for? It's like 30 or 40 minutes, I think. Oh, nice, nice. Wait, does that is if the, if there's a Rolex store, does that imply that the neighborhood has a lot of rich people in it? Usually, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's probably a wealthy area, especially the closer you get to um, the coast. Yeah, because that's where all the vacation homes are. I see. I see. Um, but in Florida, it feels like um, kind of like third world country florida yeah what so so you have really rich people okay right yeah evidence evidenced by this rolex store but you also have really poor people who can't even afford internet and are the and i'm guessing the rich and the poor people are segregated yeah yeah um, in many areas of Florida, I, yeah, it's usually segregated. As I mean, that's that's kind of normal for all of America. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see it in Chicago too, right? Northwards. Yeah, exactly. We see it in Chicago. So, yeah, um, it feels like a third world country because a third world country doesn't necessarily mean that everyone is poor. Uh-huh. It means uh-huh. that usually the wealth is very, very far from being equitable. Okay. Which Florida feels like. I see. Yeah. So is that what you experienced in your bike ride? Like you go through one part of the neighborhood and it's more run down and then you get closer to the coastline and it's like super nice? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. My parents kind of live in like a moderate area. Okay. Where it's like not too fancy, but not too run down. But on my way, you can definitely tell that there is a difference in the neighborhood wealth. Yeah. I see. How does that make you feel? If anything. Um, it makes me feel like I don't want to live here. (laughs) I see. Yeah. Makes me feel like I don't want to live here and makes me also feel like, you know, there needs to be a change. Like I saw this survey, the results of this survey where um, the survey question asked, do you want the world to go back to how it was after COVID ends? You know, the way that the world was pre-COVID and the majority, overwhelming majority said no, because this year has taught us that change is necessary especially in, you know in terms of um wealth inequality mm. so i think that's a sentiment that a lot of people share yeah Alan, I gotta go to a bathroom. <laughs>
All right. Well, I got to probably head out too, but uh, thanks for talking. I feel like I learned right. today. No, me too. I love talking about these things. And yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks yeah, for Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Dude, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. But anyway, till next time. All right. Go hang out with your family. Okay. I will see you.